All right, so the, uh, if I could give us any key word today, it's Thanksgiving, right? Okay, so we are thankful for the food that we're about to eat. We'll bless it at the end of service so we can just run over there and get to it. And uh, this coming Thursday, as we've talked about, is going to be Thanksgiving Day. And so this is our Thanksgiving message. And so we are thankful, right? And, and we're going to celebrate. And we're going to give thanks. And, and, and we should, right? I mean, how many days out of the year do we just give an entire day just to be thankful? You know, it's, it's a good thing to be. How many of you are thankful for something? I just say, what are you thankful for? Just one thing pops in your head. Well, the first thing for me is I'm thankful for godly parents who drove all the way this morning and uh, to be here with us. So y'all, just, I get to do that because I have the mic. Y'all just welcome them this morning. That's my folks right over there. The second thing I'm thankful for is the baked mac and cheese that my mother brought. I need somebody in Oregon right now to, to say glory on that. Anyway. All right, anyway. So, so of course, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate in the usual wonderful ways, right? Food, family, and the floodgate release of Hallmark movies. Okay? Glory. All right, because let, let, let's just be honest. People have already been watching them for, you know, nearly a month now, but they can just be honest and open about it, right? Brother Donald, throw, throw up that schedule. Throw up that, that schedule right there on the screen. It, uh, let, let's see. Oh, it won't? Okay. Well, anyway, so look, I checked this this week, okay? I checked it this week. Hallmark movies have been playing since the beginning of November. So if you've been watching them, you can come out of the shadows now, okay? Because after, you know, after Thanksgiving Day, it's, it's, it's Christmas, and, and you can be open and honest about it. And, you know, humanity really, if we think about it, humanity really can be broken down into two groups of people, those who like Hallmark movies and those who tolerate them. Okay, so I'm not going to say those who can't stand them because, oh, look, there it is right there. Look, November 12th, okay? So they've already been out for a week or so. How many of you, have, I'm not going to show of hands, you can check off. I watched that one, the fourth one, the third one. Okay, anyway. All right. Just wanted to let you guys know they've been out, all right? Now, as I said, we're not going to say people who hate them because we're in church, all right? And if we're going to be honest and open, every single one of us in here has at least been suckered into one movie that you've at least watched 15 or 20, or if we're going to, you know, if I'm going to be honest, just, you know, you try to walk out of the room and it's like, it's just some kind of magnetism. You just can't get away from them. So I would say people who love them and people who tolerate them, all right, that's our two groups, all right? They're, they like them, they tolerate them because, like I said, we're going to be honest in church. Amen? We're not going to lie in the house of God. Well, we're not going to lie at all, but certainly not going to lie in the house of God with the pastor's wife who loves Hallmark movies. Okay. <clears throat> so, but you know, truthfully, what is wrong with them? What is, what is so wrong with them? I mean, really. Let's, I mean, what's wrong with these movies? That, you know, they fill our hearts with joy, right? They celebrate the goodness of the holidays. And, and even, though, <laughs> you know, even though we know every single one is basically the same, can I get an amen? Okay. However, we will still act surprised when Susan falls for the small town baker who only wears sweaters instead of the big city CEO. Underneath a white Christmas. Okay, now, I've, I've, just, I've just given you the plot of all of those and the other long schedule that continues on, okay? So, but I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, some people just really hate on these movies like they're evil incarnate, and it's just not true. It really isn't. You know, they're, they're, they're made up of the same DNA as any other movie we've ever watched, truthfully, good or bad. For those of you who don't know, I, I actually graduated from the University of Louisiana with a degree in theater. Shocking. I know, because there's nothing about my personality that's over the top or dramatic at all. 
So I have no idea why I went into school for that. But, you know, let, let, let's look at this. And, and I thought about this, okay? De- detour with me just for a second, all right? So let's go back to grade school English class, okay? But Donald, if, if you can pull it up, I have a story diagram here, okay? How many of you guys remember studying this in school? Anybody? Okay, we got a few hands. Okay, look, we have... This is called a, a story diagram. This, this is something that we would have learned in literature or learning about schools. And this basically maps out pretty much, pretty much, any story you've ever watched. Any Oscar-winning movie you've ever seen has followed this formula. And any movie on the Hallmark Channel that you've hated on has followed this formula. They all have the same DNA. They all have a beginning, a middle, and an end. They all have exposition that sets up how Susan got to the country from the big city. The conflict where she meets the baker wearing the sweaters who thinks she's all uppity and she thinks she's better than him. And the rising action. Then you get to the climax where she actually falls for the baker, then there's some misunderstanding, and then in the falling action, they work out those, those differences, they celebrate Christmas, and in the resolution, the snow begins to fall, and the curtain drops, and we can say amen, and change the channel, or watch the next 30 movies that are in line, right? Okay, so we can take this pattern, we just, and I can, and I can tell you right now, any other movie you've ever seen that you love or hate pretty much follows the same structure. So we know that these movies, though, you know, people have very strong opinions about them, one way or the other, they are made up of the same DNA, all right? Now, as we've all been joking for the last few minutes, you know, Pastor and I, originally, a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about me preaching, he jokingly told me that my message should be on Hallmark movies, to which our pastor's wife lovingly said, if you do that, I'm walking out. You know, so I didn't want to offend my pastor's wife, so I began to, you know, proceed, seriously, proceed in a message and, 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 and on purpose not head in that direction. But the funny thing was over the course of this past week, you know, as the jokes continued to fly around the office, they started to hit a little past you know, the joking phase, and I was like, you know what? God may actually be giving me a, a sermon based off of this. So I was like, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, break it to her gently. You know, hey, I will be poking fun at Hallmark movies, but, you know, there's something there that just started to, to just get into me, right? So check this out, okay? Let's go to the Word, all right? Let's take the Word. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. You know, it speaks to, to God's attributes. So let's read it together, okay? Romans 1, chapter 20. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So, okay, Pastor Tommy, what are you trying to say there? Well, we know that all of humanity speaks to the character of God. Amen? So in other words, in everything, in all things, we can learn something about the character and the nature and the attributes of our God. So why not this morning, why can't we look, just for a moment, just for the next few moments, let's look at how movies can speak and what God can show us through that this morning. I begin to look at that, okay? So, so let's jump into that, okay? So Hallmark, Oscar winner, love it, hate it, whatever, all of these movies, right, in order to be created, they all, we said they were the same DNA, they had the same story makeup, right? They had the same, you know, uh, beginning, middle, end, and all that stuff. But you know what else they have in common? They all need the same things to be created. What, what are some things that a movie needs to be brought to life? Movies at the top end of things, they need a producer. 
They need a director. They need writers. They need, these are called the executive heads. These are called the production side of things, okay? But even once you get this and somebody comes and says, oh, I want to make this movie, the producer says, oh, I'm going to funnel money into it and I'm going to make sure that the resources are there to be made. Even after you assign a director, even after you get writers and all this stuff, you still need a cast, right, to act that out because if you're just looking at scenery, then you're not really looking at a movie. You're just looking at a screensaver. And also, once you get that cast in place, you need a crew to make that happen. So you have your production side of things, and you have your cast and crew, right? So let's look at that. Once the cast and crew is in place and, and all of that, how, you know, how can we look at that? Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, if that's ever been the definition of a producer, I don't know what else is. Amen? So let's look at God this morning as our producer, all right? He is the producer. He's the one, you know, the Word of God says he owns the cattle on a thousand hill. God's got the resources to make anything happen. So God is our producer. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, start, um, starting at verse 12, it says this, okay? Let's go there. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. But many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What does that say? Cast and crew. The person that holds a camera is no less important to that production than the person who stands in front of the camera and begins to act out a part. We see clearly in this great production of life, in this beautiful masterpiece that God is making, the producer, that we are the cast and the crew that makes this thing happen. And you know what? We can look in today's society and how and what great reverence and austere society seems to hold actors, which is just crazy to me. But we know that if we look at how a movie is made, if we look at how a production, a stage production, whatever, how it's made, without that cast and crew, each doing their own individual parts, the overall production does not come together. Amen? And it is as we see in the Word of God. In the, you know, even that passage that I just read from goes on to say, there are certain parts that we seem to hold in greater esteem. But yet God says, those that are less seen, those parts that are more unsightly, God looks at those with such love, with such um, honor. Amen? Why? Because God knows that each and every one of us were created, we were created, each one of us with special giftings, special abilities to fit the purpose that he has for us in this life, in this great, incredible masterpiece that he is making. Amen? Don't ever forget that. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. Know what God has formed you before, you know, you were even created in your mother's womb to do, and know that you have a part, and without the part and the role that you play, there's something missing. 
There's something lacking. Remember that this morning. So cast and crew, all right? So we have our producers. We have, okay? So once the cast and crew have been placed and assigned by the production heads, the next thing we need is direction, right? Okay? Because if you have actors standing in front of a camera or on a stage and you have crew hands that are in the back waiting to fly in a piece of scenery or on a movie set, people who are ready to make that explosion happen. You know, if the guy pushing the button that makes the explosion happen doesn't do it when the director says and the actor, we're going to have some problems, right? We're going to have some blowed up people. And then they'll be seen in the news, actor killed in accident and explosion. That's, that's, that's not a way to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? Okay. So we know that cast and crew... We have a place, but we need direction because there is something that each one of us has been called to do, and God comes in his infinite wisdom, and he gives us direction. Let's look at Matthew 9, starting at verse 35. Matthew 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Check this out. Like sheep without a shepherd, aimless, directionless. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. What does that look like there? I am the director. I am looking at a group of people who are directionless. But I need people to come in and say, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And once you've made that decision, let me direct you. Let me come and preach the gospel. Let me come and preach the good news. Sounds like a director to me. All right? So let's check another one. John chapter 16, verses 12. And this is where we're getting into the, what I want to call the title of today's message. All right? John chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus is saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you, or He will direct you, into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. So there's one thing that we haven't mentioned that a movie needs. One thing that the cast and the crew and the production heads need, and it ties it all together. Has anybody gathered what that is yet? A movie is nothing without the script. A movie is nothing without the script. Jesus is saying, when the Spirit comes, He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but He will say what He hears. How will Jesus give? What will He give? What does a director give direction from? The director gives His direction from the script. Okay? Hebrews 12.2 says that we look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised the shame, right? Okay, well, what does an author do? An author writes something. Romans 10.17 says that faith, which it says, you know, um, the author and finisher of our faith. So Romans 10, this says, 10.17 says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the script, the Word of God. And that's basically what I really want us to lock into this morning. 
I was really impacted last week when Pastor Mo said, if we want to know the will of God, we have to get into the word of God. And, you know, many times we can talk about God's word. You know, Seth, I was going to get you to come this morning. You know, Commander Seth and I grew up reciting something called the Royal Ranger. Okay, we had, we had a number of pledges, okay? And uh, one of those was the Pledge to the Bible. And I still remember standing in my different Royal Ranger class, and I'm sure you and I uh, have the same memories of standing in our different classrooms throughout our lifetime, quoting the Pledge to the Bible as Royal Rangers, where we said, I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I'll make it a lamp into my feet and a light into my path, and I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. You know, those great men that have gone, you know, who have, who've taught us and generations, you know, we, we weren't just memorizing some cool little code for all rangers. That's the Word of God. That pledge to the Bible, that's taken directly from Scripture. The script is what makes a movie. Whether you know it or not, whether you know it or not, the script is why you like that Hallmark movie or can't stand it. The script is why you love that Oscar winner or can't stand it. The script is why you do, or any movie, without the story arc, okay, that, that, that story diagram that, that we showed you guys a little earlier, without the story arc that all movies created follow, whether it's good or not, hinges on the script. Without the script, the actors and the crew have what? They have no direction. Hey, we're going to make a movie about we're going to make an action film. Well, that's great. Well, what do you think? Well, I think today we'll just show up and we'll blow up a couple of cars and, you know, because that's, you know, that, that's some good ingredients of an action movie. Okay, and what? Well, I'm going to stand over there and yell dumb things about getting to the chopper or get your heads down or, you know, whatever the phrases you hear in an action movie. Sounds good? Yeah, sounds great. Sounds like a mess. Without a script, your wonderful cast and crew, your wonderful actors and all of that stuff, they have no direction. Here's the thing. The script is what informs the director. You know, many times directors on movie sets are also contributors. They're writers. They've helped write the script. Why? Because the script is what informs the director. Whether or not you, you realize this, the creator, our, our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who comes and gives us direction, he is informed by this because he wrote it. This is his given to us. This is his stage directions. And why are you, you harping on this this morning, Pastor Tommy? Because I think sometimes we can say things like that. Oh, before we know the will of God, we've got to get into the word of God. And it sounds good and it's tweetable and it's Facebook quotable. But the person standing up here this morning, I'll be the first to admit that many times I'll say amen to it and then go through periods of time where I don't follow it. And then wonder why my life is getting all kinds of aggravated. Why can't I figure this out, God? Well, when's the last time you spent any time getting information from the director? Okay, God. All right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up a little bit. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go sit in the corner over there. I, I, I got it. We're good. Okay. You know, look, there are times within productions where you may be able to converse directly with the director. There are times you cannot. While I was in college, uh, just, you know, hey, just because of the, the stances that I took as a believer, I, I didn't get to be a part of many productions because many of them were just things I couldn't ask my parents to come watch, okay? So, so I just didn't get a chance to be in a lot of them, but the few that were, that were and, and that I, I took a part of, I had a director. 
And you know what? Whenever we were doing rehearsals, we had, we had access to the director, okay? We would run a scene. We would check things out. We would see how it felt. We would, and then what would happen was after that, we would sit down and we would talk with the director. And our director would give us direction. Because, you know, lines on a page are one thing. But you have to breathe life into those lines. If I was giving you this piece of script right here and you were the actor, what does it look like? Oh, you've got a name. Look, Aaron and Grant, okay? If you were Grant and I handed you this script and I said, okay, you're Grant. I want you to read all of Grant's lines. And you just stood there and read it. It would be pretty lifeless, right? You have to breathe life into those lines. You have to breathe an interpretation into those lines. And how you do that is by being informed by the vision of your director, You know, I don't really like the way you said that line, Tommy. Uh, It doesn't really flow well with the rest of the scene. I want you to try, say it like this. Oh, okay, gotcha, okay. And then what? You make that change, you you make that, that change in direction, you shift the tone, and then all of a sudden that scene is better because of the direction that you have been given. And those are great times because you have direct access. But you know what? Sometimes your director and, uh, you know, um, you are expected to, during those little times, what, take notes. I don't know how many of us take notes during Sunday mornings or take notes in your Bible when you study. But you know what? It's not a bad thing to do. Why? Because you can go back and call on those notes should you forget something. Because in those times where you don't have, now, what am I saying? That we don't have direct access to Jesus? No, I'm not saying that. But there are times where he is silent. He's always with us. He always sees us. Lo, I'm with you even till the ends of the earth. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. What am I giving you right now? I'm giving you Scripture because I've hidden that script in my heart, and I know how to call upon those Scriptures when I need it, in the times that I need it, when I'm feeling alone, when I'm feeling, like, worn down, when I'm feeling like everything's about to change, everything's, you know, my whole world is shaking, my whole world is crumbling, and, and, and I'm begging God to speak to me, right? And how many of you have ever felt like maybe, you know, different varying degrees of, you know, drama there? Sometimes it's, it's little struggles, sometimes it's big struggles, but, you know, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of us have ever felt before, like, you know, you may have heard this phrase before, the heavens are brass, right? I'm crying out to God, and there's not saying anything. Do you think that's any accident? No. God sees us. He sees. He knows what we're going through. He's the one who's told us to do this. He's the one who's given us a script. Of course he knows what we're going through. But there are times whenever the director will be silent. But we still have to carry on. And how will we without going to the script and going, okay, God, I I can't hear right now. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to your word. I'm going to go to the last thing you told me. I'm going to go to the the last direction that I was given. And I'm going to look, and I'm going to look around those notes, and I'm going to see what was your vision for that time? What was it you wanted me to do? What was that scripture that you gave me a a few weeks ago by somebody who came and told it to me? Or or that scripture verse that I saw on Facebook or was reading in my morning devotion? God, that gave me such hope. Let me, I'm not hearing anything right now. Let me, let me go back to the word. Okay. Ah. And then what, what has happened many times in our lives at that moment? We go, we go back to the notes. We go back to the script, and all of a sudden, we hear the voice of the director again, and we realize, okay, now I know how to proceed. And that's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, guys, in in case you didn't know. You know, sometimes we we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're like, okay, well, that's, you know, just like we said, you know, uh, um, the the Word of God, uh, to know the will of God, I got to get into the Word of God. Oh, Holy Spirit. And and sometimes I think we can forget sometimes the very role that He wants to play. We just read it in Scripture verse. Jesus said, I'm leaving. 
Like, you've had me. This is what he told his disciples. I'm leaving. You've had direct access to me as your director, okay? Now, I've been able to direct the 12 of you nonstop for the last three years. But you know what? I've got a job to do where I've got to go direct the entire world now. It's the whole reason I came, to give you access. Now, I'm not going to be here with you, but if I don't go, the Spirit can't come. But here's the awesome part. The Spirit is going to come, and it's, and it's my Spirit that will reside in you. And when He comes, He will guide you in some truth. He will not guide you in some truth. He will guide you in all truth. All truth. Remember that this morning. Whatever truth that we are seeking this morning, whatever thing you are walking through in your life, whatever decision, whatever problem, The truth is not far away because the truth is Jesus Christ. Amen? And he gave us the truth. He gave us the truth when he gave us his word. He gave us the truth whenever we invited him to come live in our heart and the spirit of God to come into us and to give us that. He will guide you. We will feel that gentle leading. Okay? Whenever we lock in and we go back and we feel that gentle nudge, that's the spirit guiding us in all truth. Are you with me this morning? May seem like I'm preaching 101, but you know what? Sometimes we just got to go back to the basics and remember why it is we do the things we do. It's not just because mom and dad raised us and we got to read the Word of God. We don't just crack it open to the book of Luke on, Sunday, on, uh, on Christmas morning and, and read the, the Christmas story because that's what we've always done. We do this in remembrance of Him. There's a reason There's a reason why we do the things we do. There's a reason why God gave us a scripture. It's not just to give us good, nice, warm fuzzies when we wake up in the morning and do our morning devotion. Because without the script, we are directionless. Without the word, we will not know the will. In order to know what your role, what my role, what our role is in the greater production, we must study the script. I just quoted you the the pledge to the Bible from the Royal Rangers a, a couple of moments ago. In the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 11, it says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Pretty cut and dry there. Amen? This is why we store the word of God in our heart that we may live a sinless life. Because that is our ultimate goal. That is our ultimate role in the part we play. To live sinless, righteous lives so that we may help others walk in that same righteous truth. And in order to do that, we have to hide the script in our hearts so that we're not on opening night begging somebody off in the wings, hey, give me my line. What is my line? At that point, it's too late. How many of you have ever been in a situation before? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. Where the situation called for some scripture and you didn't have it to give. Now in that same breath, when I realized that deficiency, when I realized, you know, the time, I redouble those efforts. You know, there there was a time long ago, okay? There was a a time uh, long ago when I was uh, ministering with with dad at at First Assembly and we had gone in and there was a jail ministry that we would do. and, And I went in one day and and there was a, uh, a guy who came up to me after I did my devotion. Yep, look, sharp guy, well-spoken, didn't come to me in any type of aggression at all. I remember that day I had uh, I'd been speaking about Moses and I uh, believe uh, about the, the, 
No, no, no. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I don't remember the, the actual devotion because this was probably well over 10 years ago. But he came up to me and he, he complimented me on the, on the word. And he said, I just have a question for you. He goes, you know, um, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a Wiccan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a white Wiccan. And so, you know, so we also believe. In, and, it's kind of, and all of a sudden, y'all, my heart just like fell into my toes, right? You know what I'm saying? Because like, Otis just got real. You know what I mean? Because this guy's here on the other side asking me questions. And you know what I'm saying? He didn't come to me and like, I can't believe it. Man, I'm 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 coming against what all you say today. He came came to me in a very agreeable sense, just wanting to discourse. But obviously, the position that he's coming from has nothing to do with God. And all of a sudden, I realized, oh, man, uh, I didn't come here today with notes on how to talk to somebody who was asking me questions about, well, we believe this, you know, and and, and, and I'm, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a white witch. And I want to know, you know, what your thoughts are on this. And all of a sudden, I just very calmly, I just got quiet as I continued to listen to him. And what did I do? I just got quiet. I got in my spirit and I said, dear God, I need you to help me right now. I need you to help me right now. I need you to give me from your script what it is you want me to talk about. And all of a sudden, God brought back to my mind Moses. And the account of how God called Moses to do incredible and miraculous things and how when he would begin to do those things, Pharaoh's prophets and Pharaoh's sorcerers always had a, had a, a, a copycat to try and do it, but it was never quite, you know what I'm talking about? You know that story? When Moses came before the Pharaoh and, and gave uh, Pharaoh all these signs from God, and he would try to get his conjurers to copycat the very thing, and I began to just tell him, I was like, and, and he listened, and he took it in. And obviously, you know, he didn't, we didn't walk away from that conversation with him going, well, I'm going to turn from my ways and accept Jesus. That's not how the conversation ended. But you know what did happen? A seed was planted instead of me just going, hey, you know what, uh, guard? Sorry, man. Hey, I, I got to go, man. I, I, I can't talk right now. Sorry. It, we'll talk later. You know what I'm saying? That was a moment God gave me. There are moments that God's going to give us where we're going to have to call from the script and be able to speak the words that God has called us to give. And we need to know those because at that point, it's too late to go back into rehearsals to try and brush up on your memorization. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Thy word. And look, this is not me standing up here this morning pointing fingers at anybody because if you'll take a note, I got three pointing back at me if I do that. And then I got one pointing up to God. If you're doing the gun thing. Okay. I do not stand here like like Paul said. Not that I've attained it. Okay. And I certainly don't stand here this morning saying that I'm perfect and you need to hear everything I'm saying because I've been there. I've lived it all. And let me give you 10 steps on how to do it perfectly. I'm speaking from the script this morning. Okay. But when we get in those moments, because if we're going to walk this thing out, if we're going to walk, if we're going to do this, we're going to encounter those moments, there is a reason God wants us to know his word. And yes, it is to know his will for our lives, but it is also to be able to encounter this world and bring them the truth of what God wants to say. Amen? And we have got, we have got to know it. We have got to put that in our heart. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1, starting at verse 1. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many of you in here have tasted that the Lord is good? 
Amen? Okay, well, as such, we are called to crave that pure milk of the Word. Why? Just like a baby, just like the young men that are sitting right now next to their daddy. When they were first born, they needed milk. As they've been growing, they've been getting more than milk. We've heard this before. We desire the pure milk of the Word so that we can grow. As we begin to grow, we mature past milk. We go to solid food, and then we start eating things like the food we're about to go eat in a little bit. Somebody say amen. Because it gives us nourishment. It helps us grow. It helps us get stronger. It helps us get bigger, hopefully bigger in the right ways. Right, health coach? Help us grow strong. Help us grow healthy by taking the word, by taking the pure, unadulterated word of God and putting in our lives, knowing how to stand, knowing how to live righteously, knowing how to walk, knowing, as we said, going back to the script. We learn that script so we can act accordingly. In that same chapter, Second Peter chapter 2, if you go a little further down to verse 12, I'm going all the way to the end of the chapter. Um, I won't read it all just for the sake of time, but we'll start at verse 12. Just check this out on the screen. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. At this point, he's speaking to the Jews. So at this point, we can look at it as keep your conduct among those who are non-believers, Okay how that would apply to us. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of salvation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Are you hearing that? Did I read too fast? Look, be subject to them. Whether it's a governor sent to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. (coughs) Honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. I was thinking about this when I was um, just laying down in my bed last night thinking about this message. And look, I, I'm, I didn't want to do this, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to get political, but I, I want us to hear this, okay? You know, there are people out there, there, there may be people in here, I don't know. I'm not looking to offend anybody this morning. I'm just looking to speak truth, okay? There are people, you know, you, you've heard the phrase say, you know, not my president, right? Whether you are for that statement or against that statement doesn't matter. Because the word says to honor those that he has placed in positions of power. Look, whether I voted for our current administration or not, doesn't matter. If I didn't vote for him, he's still the institution that I serve under as a citizen of this country. Whether I like the governor that is in Baton Rouge right now, doesn't matter. I don't get to say whether I will follow his laws or not. Unless there are laws that specifically go against the law of God. But other than that, I don't get to say in my house, well, I just don't like him. I didn't vote for him. I'm not going to do what he says. That's not what the Word says. And why am I bringing this up this morning? Because we need to remember sometimes it can be super... Pastor Mo says this all the time. Look, let's look for ways to make the Word practical, Right? Because God gave us this not just to sit here on Sunday mornings and, and have this, you know, this kind of, oh, you know, ethereal, spiritual thing. This is to help us in everyday life. When we sit in those, you know, conversations and things get heated in those, in those political discourses or, or anything else. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it. What do you think? Well, you know what? I, I don't agree with it. 
but I'm still going to honor it because the Word of God says to. We've been given very specific instruction here. Know what I mean? Sometimes the Word is incredibly, incredibly specific. Sometimes a script, you know, going back to our analogy, there are times where you look in a script, and I mean, I'm talking about the stage directions and the artistic directions. I mean, it's down where it's 12 lines of things, not much unlike what we were just given here. God says, look, uh, do no evil, you know, um, uh, sorry, uh, to those who... Uh, governors sent by him to punish those who do evil, praise those who do good. It's giving us very specific instructions on how we are to maintain authority. Further down, it talks about relationships with, with others. It talks about, you know, if you're punished for doing a good thing, uh, continue to walk in godly character. You know, because look, it doesn't take anything to, uh, you know, whenever you're punished for doing something bad, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you get a natural consequence, but when, but when you walk in the law of God and you still receive something when you've done the right thing and you walk in my character, I honor that. God's giving us very specific instructions here. But there are some times whenever we just get something very, I don't want to say vague because I don't think God wants to lead us into uh, confusion, but there's sometimes where we get just a, a, a simple word and we know what it might be, but you know, at that moment, God's like, I want you to listen to me. I want you to come, and I want you to trust, and I want you to sit down with me, and I want you to dig into the script, and I want you to spend time with me, and I want you to seek out the direction for this. Sometimes God makes it very specific. Sometimes God wants us to push a little harder to get that direction because he wants to know that we're still willing to sit down with him and listen and, and converse with him and be with him. Amen? Because just as that verse that says, desire the pure milk of the word, we know that, look, whenever, you know, Whenever we were babies, when our kids were younger, we had to do everything for them. We had to spoon feed them. We had to do each and everything for them. And whenever we're, we're first believers, God does that, you know? It's almost like when we first come to know the Lord, man, it's just like a baby. He, he, he brings people our way. People are, you know, people come and they give us that word of encouragement or, or we hear from God, you know, we, if, if we're faithful to go into the, the time with Him and, and listen, it's like every day God was giving something new. Every day God was, and then as you continue to walk with the Lord and grow, that became less. Less and less and less. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why? Because you're growing up in the Lord, and God says, I'm not going to spoon feed you everything. You're growing up. Now you're going to have to learn how to digest meat. You're going to have to learn how to, and you're going to have to learn how to seek after it. Why? Because there are people that are going to be coming who are going to be dependent on what you have inside of you, and you can't be a baby just like them. Babies can't lead babies. People who don't know the script can't direct those who do. So they, you, though you may not always get the directions right away, how many, look, I'll be the first to raise my hand. How many of you, like, I want the directions, God, and I want them now? Somebody say amen. You know there's a task, you know, that God has you to do. How do I do it? No, no, no. See, God, I want you to tell me now. Like, I need you to tell, like, I need, right? Everybody know what I'm saying? So, and, and sometimes I think God just sits there with just a big smile on his face like, it's going to be all right, Tommy. Just chill out. Look, take two and call me in the morning. Take two chill pills and call me in the morning. Didn't I tell you I was going to be with you? Yes, God, I did. You did. You did tell me that. Though we may not always get the directions right away, trust and knowing the script will help us understand the heart of what is going and ultimately will produce the desired result. Because whether we know it or not, going back to the Hallmark movies, they're made that way on purpose. Let me shock you. Man, those movies are so terrible. They're so, they're so Christmas cheesy. Y'all, they made that way on purpose. 
And the market data shows it because they make truckloads of money because people watch them. They're made that way on purpose because if it ain't broke, don't. All right? They're made that way on purpose. Hate to shock you all. (laughs) But there's a desired result that those production companies have with their cast and crew for those Hallmark movies. There's a desired result that they want, and they get it, and we watch it, and it's proof that it works. So whether you like the outcome or not, the cast and crew and the production heads, we are connected to those scripts, and they produce the desired results as repetitive as the Hallmark movies may be. But the funny thing is, you know, you talk about, well, they're so repetitive. They're so, I can figure them out. Well, guys, what does our pastor always say? I read the end of the book, we... So we know the formula too. Not that God can be figured out, but he gave us the end of the book. He even told us how it's going to end. So we already know we're on the winning side. Amen? Check this out in closing. We get to work as believers. We get to work with the greatest production team in creation. He's the creator. (laughs) With the best script ever written to guide us. And the best part is, check this out, God is writing each one of our scripts as we trust in His. Because while we are here trusting His script and walking it out, the greatest story ever told, at the same time, God is writing an incredibly beautiful masterpiece for your life. Because whether the movie is good or not depends on the script. Whether you can say, man... I am so ready to take 2018 and throw it to the curb. Because some of us may have had a 2018 that we're just ready to send off to old anxiety land. Amen? But you know what? Whether 2019 is a repeat of 2018, believe it or not, is entirely up to you. If we will trust our director to guide us and to lead us, are we going to have problems? Absolutely. It's in the Word. Okay? He said, look... In this world, you may have trouble. So he didn't say, in this world, it's going to be all sunshine and roses. He didn't say that. He said, in this world, you may have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. This is the team you're on, man. This is the production team you signed up with. I'm the victorious team. I've got the best writers. I've got the best producers. I've got the best of everything. You want to sign on? Absolutely. Here, read the script, study it, know what's going on, and I will make sure that yours that's getting written simultaneously is the best ever. And why do I say that? Why do we say that God is writing a script about us while we follow his? Because 2 Corinthians 3, and closing with this, that was my second closing? I may only have two closings today, not three. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2 and 3 says this. This is why I said that. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. As we, there are many people in this world who don't get to hold this up like I am right now. At that moment, we get to be the script to them. 
As God is writing the very story of our lives, he is simultaneously interweaving his story with ours so that we can be the word of God, the living, breathing word of God to a world that so desperately needs it. Amen? So what we say today is while we are sitting over the next course of the, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then after Thursday, all bets are off, it's Christmas. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, as we prepare for Thursday, and we're, look, we're going to start today. We're going to go, and we're going to have a Thanksgiving meal together. And then we're going to think about those things. And, and I pray that you do. For the, you know, for the remainder of this week that's coming, think about those things. Be thankful. Give thanks to God for what we have. But ultimately, ultimately, the best thing that we can say is, God, thank you for the script. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the script that you're writing in my heart as I follow yours. Amen? Let's bow our heads this morning. Lord God, we give you praise. We give you praise for your word. We're so thankful, God, that you said you wouldn't leave us. You wouldn't forsake us. Lord, you've said so many other promises in your word that you wouldn't leave us orphaned, God. You've promised that you'd be our Father. You said through the promised Holy Spirit that you would guide us in all truth. You've given us so many promises, and every one that I've just mentioned is written in the pages of your word. And so for that, God, I say thank you. And so for that, I pray today, God, that we would say, all of us would say thank you. Lord, we give you, again, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise that you are a living, breathing God who is concerned about each and every one of us in this room and each and everything that is connected to our lives, our family, our friends, the provision. If we're going to, you know, if we're going to be able to take care of this problem or that, God, you already know about it. You are concerned and you are already working on our behalf. Lord, your word promises that you would never leave us. And I say it again. And that is the wonderful, powerful thing about your word. It says that it is living. It's breathing. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to cut to the heart of the matter. That's what your word says about your word. And God, I pray that, Lord, for those of us in this room that know that to be true, and for those who don't, I pray today that we would look into that today. God, that you would search our hearts, that you would speak to us, that you would impress upon us right now. Lord, as we bring this time today, Lord, of hearing your word to a close, God, that we would think about it. Lord, that we would know that it's not just some wonderful saying, but it's absolutely true. If we want to know your will, we've got to get into your word. If we want to know what's going on, if we want to play our part, Lord, we've got to know the script. We've got to get it in our hearts that we may not sin against you. And, Lord, that we may be able to walk uprightly according to your word, according to the righteousness, God, that you are so incredibly placing in our hearts day by day by day. Lord, I pray for each person in here, God, as we go out this day, Jesus, that, Lord, as we go and celebrate, Lord, as a church family, and as each one of us go our separate ways to begin to make either travel plans or plans to meet up with more family this coming week, God, that we would be thankful for what you have provided. And, Lord, most importantly, we are thankful for you. Thank you, God, that you were in our lives, because if we didn't have you in our lives, God, what would be the point? Lord, I say first, Lord, standing here, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful, Lord, for your role in each person in this room. Thank you that you haven't forgotten about us. Thank you that you have a plan for us. Thank you that your word says that your plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans, a hope, and a future. We have a future in you, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would spend the time 
getting this in our hearts, as Psalm 119 says, that we would hide your word in our heart, that we might not sin against you, that we would spend time in your presence more and more each day, that we may walk uprightly. And Lord, that we may know what you're saying, that we can walk it out to our fellow man. We love you, Jesus, and I, I, I take the time, God, again, that Ms. Chantel, Lord, the time of prayer that we had earlier, Lord, all of the needs that were lifted up in this place, God, we thank you that heaven knows about them, and you're already dispatching help on our behalf. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We give you honor. We give you thanks. We give you praise. The glory, it's all due unto your name, and it's in that name above every name. Jesus, we pray. And everyone said amen, amen and amen. Thank you, Chantel.